stay standing. Why don't we lift our hands to heaven right now? Lord, we just right now, we just thank you. Lord, we haven't come here just to see a man. We haven't come here just to roll up in a religious activity, but we've come here to have an encounter with you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, you know what each and every one of us are going through. You know what each and every one of us are facing. You know our, you know our highest aspirations and our dreams, Lord. And you know our deepest struggles. And I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, as we have hands high and lifted, we surrender ourselves to you. Would you come and have your way in this place, Holy Spirit? Would you come and minister to us? Would you come and ignite faith within our hearts? Would you come and do something that only you can do? Lord, we want to walk out of this place, Lord God, a little closer to you. Lord, just a little closer to you. Lord, some of us, we want to encounter you for the first time. So come and have your way in this place. And everyone said, and everyone shouted. Awesome. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap this morning? He's so good. Why don't you give someone a high five, a hug or a holy kiss and then we're going to get into the Word. Awesome. Thank you so much, team. Fantastic. How are we all? You are looking incredibly well this morning. The 9am service is the best service in the world. We've just recently added a 9am service to our church and um, I hadn't been in a 9am service unless I was a guest for about... 15 years, and um, so the Lord has done a new work within me. It is so good. I'm, it's an honor to be here. Um, I'm up a little bit earlier than maybe normal. I'm going to have to um, go off to Moray Field after this. Some of you might be used to that, but um, I'm dear friends with Pastor Mark and Nina, and they are like Pastor Mark Elmo, Elmendorp, um, was my new Christian's pastor. And so when I gave my life to the Lord, um, I literally chewed Pastor Mark's ear off, asking him every question about every single theory, theology, um, helped me overcome some habits and different things from my past life, and um, they are dear, dear friends. And so um, you have got the best senior pastors in the world, literally. Yeah, let's give them a hand, even though they're not here. Well, I'll, I'll pass on that you, you were hanging from the rafters as I, honest, as I honoured him. Everyone jumped out of their seat and started throwing their jacket around. Okay, I want to talk to you this morning around the person of the Holy Spirit. And it, it is um, something that I know many of us who have been in faith for a while, we understand and we've heard teachings around the Holy Spirit. But I want to give a really, I really feel this morning to give a really um, practical, powerful, personal understanding of the person and the power and the resource of the Holy Spirit. Because after the last couple of years that we've gone through with all of the changes and the, and the hanging on every word that the Premier was saying or what the Health Minister was saying or what the newspaper was saying or what our doctors were saying, and there was so much um, sort of relinquishing, I guess, our, our, um, our, our thinking or our outworkings our, our or what we need to do to cope through life that... We need to actually just sort of come back and take stock that we're people that are spirit-filled and we're led by the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, we need to adhere and we need to listen and we need to understand um, our environment. But the Holy Spirit, He wants to speak afresh now. He wants to give you revelation now. He wants to guide you now. He wants to minister to you now. Jesus said that He needed to go so that the Helper could come. Who needs a little bit of help this morning? 
Who, who needs a little bit of leading? Who needs a little bit of counsel? Who needs to understand how to navigate the world that we're in right now? Navigate relationships, navigate bosses, navigate employees, navigate relationships, navigate parenting, navigate grandparenting. Flip, in a few years' time, I might be a grandparent. I would never thought I would say that, but we have to, let's, let's go on a moment of prayer right now. We have to pray that um, my daughter finds a, a handsome young man that loves the Lord and um, puts him first and everything. So um, let's pray. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. So if there's any candidates that you know, um, just email them to cam at public.church and, um, and we'll, we'll rifle through them. Let's get into the word this morning. John chapter 14, verse 26 to 27. It says this, but the helper the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things and he will help you remember that I have what I've told you. It says, peace I leave with you, my perfect peace I give you. Not as the world gives it to you, um, but not as the world gives it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you the courage and the strength for every single challenge. This morning I feel to, to stir up a renewing and an understanding of us being led as believers by the person of the Holy Spirit. My, my wife, sorry, not my wife, my sister, I love her dearly. I moved from Adelaide 12 years ago. Um, I, I miss my family. I get to see them every now and then. But I talk with her frequently on the phone. But one of my sister's most annoying habits as a child growing up, I have nightmares about it. In fact, I knew I was going to use this illustration in my message this morning. And I had a reoccurring nightmares of my sister doing this over and over again. I would wake up, she would get up early because she had to go off to work while I was still at school. And I remember hearing my sister, she would have a glass of milk and she would pour so much chocolate liquid syrup into it. And I would hear a teaspoon rattling around that cup annoyingly every single morning. It was like an alarm clock. Who, who knows someone who has an annoying habit in their family? That one there, and it, this is the thing. She'd be there stirring up the chocolate off the bottom, and the speed that she would get would be absolutely unbelievable. It was like a supernatural gift. But it was and it didn't matter how many times we say it was annoying, Karina. You've got to stop it. it, it it's, it's the worst habit. Your husband's going to leave you over it. It's like, we, we, we'd just be like, no, just anyway. So. Then, if anything couldn't get any worse, she would bring the spoon and the cup up close to her mouth and she would... <coughs> she would slurp it. Now, I, I don't want to dilute or dumb down the person, the power, the Godhead of the Holy Spirit into chocolate, liquid milk. But let me tell you, something happened when my sister was stirring that up this liquid that was sitting in the bottom of the glass that was laying there, ineffective, you couldn't taste it, you couldn't, um, you, you couldn't get the full flavour 
of what was going on with that chocolate syrup until it was fully stirred up, until the whole drink was permeated. That's what we need to do as believers. We've got the indwelling in the person of the Holy Spirit. He resides, He lives within us. If we've prayed a prayer and we've given our lives to Jesus, we've been born again. At that moment, our spirit man comes alive. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And now our spirit actually connects and cries out, Abba, Father, we're now a child of God. But this is the thing, is it doesn't just stop or finish there. And the further you go on in faith, the further you go on in your walk and your relationship with God, the more you need to be aware that the person and the power of the Holy Spirit, He's sitting there with all of His resource, with the power and the efficiency and the ability and the might. This dynamite, dunamis power is sitting on the inside of us. But as believers, we have to stir it up. Can I hear an amen this morning? Let's give the Lord a hand clap. We can see here that, that, um, that in Psalm 46, verse 1, sorry, it says this. It says, God is our refuge and strength and an ever-present help in a time of need, in a time of trouble. This is the incredible thing here is that we have to understand that the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, not the mystical Holy Spirit that's just out there, that's oblivious, that's not intimately entwined and involved within our life. Jesus said that he needed to go. He was taken up and ascended in a cloud as all the disciples sat back in awe and wondered. And the last words he said, I've got to go because, and you need to go and wait because the Holy Spirit's going to come. The Holy Spirit is here for you and for me. We need to continue being, be, being filled with the person of the Holy Spirit. So let's have a look here. The first one that I want us to go through this morning is the Holy Spirit. He's the helper, comforter. Psalm 139, 6 to 8 says this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, then you are there. Now, I'm looking across the, the, the room and I can see a whole lot of different age demographics. I love a multi-generational church. I think it's so healthy. It's beautiful. It's amazing. But we have to be aware that at the moment, our young people have probably gone through some of the most traumatic times that we have to understand that they actually need to know that the Holy Spirit, He wants to be their comforter. You know, youth suicide and depression and anxiety has skyrocketed to the highest levels in any surveys since surveys have been around in our nation here in Australia. And even though we've got more access to more information, we've got access to more entertainment, we've got more sports that, went and that are available that we can watch or engage or be a part in. We've got more gymnasiums that are open 24-7 from fit life to fit this, fit that, this, that and the other. And there's so much available for our young people, yet they still feel the most lonely, they still feel the most isolated and they still feel the most anxious about their future. As a church, no matter where we're at, we need to make sure that we have an understanding that, you know what, we can get around them as a community. We can get around them and encourage them. We can get around them and support them. But if we can lead them into an understanding of the power and the person of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, He will bring peace that the world cannot give. He will bring peace that is beyond all human understanding. He will bring a peace that's beyond all human comprehension. So this is the thing. 
is that as believers, we need to continually model that we're being comforted by the comforter, that we're being comforted by the person of the Holy Spirit, that we're not just getting in coping mechanisms, that we're not just getting in coping mode, we're not just getting into survival mode, that we're actually living on the front foot, thriving, knowing that, you know what, the person of the Holy Spirit, He's comforting me in this moment. Holy Spirit, I'm not going to Facebook 55 friends. I'm not going to go and Dr. Google this. I'm actually going to go back to you and say, Holy Spirit, will you fill me with your peace? Will you fill me with your comfort? Will you fill me with your love? Will you fill me with your reassurance? Even right now, just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, right now, we just acknowledge you here in this building right now. Lord, we call it a church. It's these four walls, but it's a building. The people are your church. And right now, Lord Jesus, I just pray, Lord, that whatever anyone's going through, whatever anyone's experiencing right now, the greatest trauma, the greatest trouble, Lord, no matter the, the greatest fear, that Holy Spirit, right now, you would come and minister to us your love, your peace. Give us reassurance that we are made right with you, Lord Jesus. Give us reassurance even right now, Lord, that the, the, the sin that can so easily entangle us right now, that we are just a prayer away for guilt and shame to be rid and to go right now. And your comfort and your peace and your blessed assurance right now can come and minister to us. We just thank you for that, Holy Spirit. We just thank you for that, Holy Spirit. We just thank you for that comfort. See, right now, that's not just being quiet in the still in a holy sanctuary. That's the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so often we can listen to help seminars and podcasts and, and there's so many great preachers and there's so much self-help that is available. Sometimes we just need to just, just still ourselves, just quieten ourselves, just, just, just retreat and just say, Holy Spirit, come and comfort me. I know as believers and some of us who have been um, in the faith for quite some time that we have a strong resolve. You're, you're here because you have been standing over decades, some of you. The great thing about that is, is that you've got resilience and you've got fortitude and you've got perseverance. But sometimes we can just pick up little things along the way and we just, just keep plowing. And we just keep putting our head down and just keep putting our bottoms up and just keep doing the right thing because the right thing is the right thing. But it's unbelievable when you actually peel back and then there's a freshness in your relationship with God. There's a freshness in your walk. There's a freshness that comes when you know that your peace and your comfort comes from the Holy Spirit. So I just really, I wouldn't normally say that, but I just felt to share that with you. So let's keep going here. Number two. The helper advocate. There's a Greek word that this actually derives from called parakletos, which is also from the word paraclete. This form, meaning advocate, the form of this word is unquestionably passive and it means call to one side or one call to the side of another. The word carries a secondary notion also concerning the purposes of calling aside. That means to counsel or to support the one who is in need. I remember as a teenage boy 
sitting in church, not with my relationship right with God, but I had to go to church while I was um, in mum and dad's house. That was a part of the rules. You go to church. I don't care what you do. We hope you don't do other stuff. But while you're in our house, you go to church. So I'd roll into church Sunday morning, and then there was um, Pastor Andrew Evans was preaching this message. And he was actually preaching about the person of the Holy Spirit. And I've never forgotten it to this day, and I teach it and preach it everywhere I go. This word paraclete in, in, uh, in those New Testament times in that era, it was actually describing a legal representative that would be at the courts that if you were to have something, a, le a legal challenge or something was brought against you and you know, had, had no lawyer or anyone to come and support you and you didn't know how to sort of argue your case if you were charged for doing wrongdoing, you would actually be able to access the paraclete that would be some legal aid that would be staying there at the courts to help those that were on their own isolated. And so Pastor Andrew would go on and say that that, that is like what the Holy Spirit is. You feel like maybe someone's put accusations against you. Maybe the devil's throwing stones at you. Maybe he's bringing up your past. Maybe, maybe you feel like you're unjustly being dealt with in your work environment or in a relationship or maybe not in this church, but maybe in another church. So maybe someone's gossip about you and you feel like you've been hard done by and you want to put your case forward, and but you're not sure. You might be a bit clunky. Pastor Andrew actually was giving this teaching saying you can actually call on this resource, it's free, it's available and then he would actually be able to come in there and he'd be able to actually argue and prosecute on your behalf. I know sometimes when people talk ill of you, you feel like you need to make sure that you are the one who is, is putting their chest out and clenching their fists and trying to say, that's you've mistaken me or that's not my motivation or that's not this. But when you actually understand that the Holy Spirit, He can argue on your behalf. He can move on your behalf. He can work on your behalf. He can actually go before you. He can soften hearts. He can move mountains. He can do things that you couldn't normally do. It reminds me of this time where um, I was running a Youth Alive event and there was, um, we'd been in this location two years in a row and the person that was overseeing that venue, he was a very grouchy man. He was a very grumpy man. He'd been in the industry a long time. He'd dealt with all the rock stars and the, the, all the rock bands and he, so he was quite cynical about the whole thing but he, he couldn't quite grasp what these Christians were doing and why these kids were coming down the front and why they were putting up their hands and responding to this, this God named Jesus. And so it was a bit of an eye-opener for him. So as each year went on, he would sort of become a little bit softer, a little bit more gentler. But when it came to making sure that we did exactly what he did, he really made sure that we knew. Like, he had no problems screaming at me down the phone. He had no problems swearing at me. He had no problems telling me that I was an idiot. He had no problems telling me that uh, I'm dumb. He had no problems saying I was stupid. And what are we? So this is the thing. So he had this kind heart, but then he'd flip into this, this full-on beast mode, okay? So there we are. Um, my person who was working for me overseeing the contracts at that point 
did not sign the contract for the third year in a row. So we'd had an event, paid the bills, had an event, paid the bills. But you signed the contract and an arrangement before you go into the venue. We were getting an incredible charity rate. And it was, it was fantastic because it was heavily reduced. So the thing was, from June, June, um, from June to July, the end of the financial year, the council made a new stipulation that the discount that charities were getting were no longer going to be renewed. And that was over from there on in. And so we were going to pay full commercial rates. So I went back to my operations manager and said, you've signed the contract and you sent it through. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, another week goes by and I find out I get a phone call from angry man screaming at me. You haven't signed the contract. You guys are blown it. Now you're paying full toe odds. You can't get your deposit back. There's no way out, da, 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 da. I hang up the phone. I ring back my operations manager. Show me your email threads. Have you sent it through? They're like, no, I didn't send it through. I'm so sorry, Pastor Cam. I, I don't know what to do. I said, well, can you just give me like $45,000? Because that's where it went up another $45,000 from the discount. So I'm there now going, God, this guy is already like walking on eggshells around him. I feel out of my depth. This guy is sort of coming into the twilight years. He's not really got any warmth or kindness. I know, that like, what are we going to do here, God? And I just jumped in my car and I'm driving around. I'm praying and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, I need to draw from you the advocate. You've got to come in and you've got to fight on my behalf. You, you've got to go before me. You, you've got to do something here because this is a difficult situation. We don't have that sort of money. Will you provide it? What do I do? And then I just felt the Holy Spirit say this. So I want you to ring him back up and I want you to ask him to say, hey, can you help me? I'm like, I don't think he wants to help anyone. He's like, he, he, I'm an annoying person to him. He's called me so many swear words already and I'm paying him money. I'm paying him money to swear at me, God. So, so this is the thing. He, he's like, I, I just, I felt... Don't say anything else. Don't try and explain. Don't try and give your case. Don't try to prosecute an argument. Just say, hey, we need your help. So I ring him up and I'm like, hey there. Hey, I'm sorry to bother you. Um, I know there's been some misunderstanding around the contract and I know the price has gone up, but I just, I guess I just want to say, hey, can you please help us? Can you help me? And he goes, I, I don't know why you haven't asked before. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, I wouldn't do it for anyone else. But he goes, I've been watching you guys over the last few years. What you're doing with young people in our city is absolutely outstanding. And then he goes, I know I'm a grouchy old beepity beep beep. <laughs> but I stay up late at night and, and, and I watch the Hillsong stuff. And he goes, there's something in that. I can't quite figure it all out yet. But I know that there's something in this God stuff. So if we can help you out, we'll backdate the contract and we'll give you a free passage. I said, does that mean we get it for free? And he goes, no, no, you get a free pass through at the charity rates. And I was like, don't try your luck. So, so this is the thing, is that it's the Holy Spirit, he's a helper advocate. And sometimes we feel like we've got to fight on our behalf and we've got to do things. And there is a time for that. There's also a time to quiet and say, Holy Spirit, will you be my paraclete? Will you be my standby? Will you, will you move on my behalf? Let's keep going here because I can tell you guys are absolutely loving it by the smiles on your faces. Turn the person next to you and say, I love you.
That's the first time some of you have been told that this week. It's a beautiful thing. Number three, a helper intercessor. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27 says, In the same way the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray. But the Spirit himself, he intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he searches our hearts and he knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with his will. I, I love this. The Holy Spirit, he actually knows prayers that we haven't even prayed with our lang English language. It's like, oh, it's like the Holy Spirit's inclining his ear to that. Oh, flip. Oh, dash. Oh, it's like, oh. Or when something great happens, it's like, and you just sort of, oh, thank you, Jesus. But you don't utter it and it's in your mind. It's like, yes, yes. He understands those prayers even though we don't mouth them with our language. Now, some of you are going, oh, that's fantastic. I don't have to have a prayer life anymore. I'm just going to sit back and sigh and ha and yes. That's not what this is saying. That's cool. That shows the Holy Spirit. He's engaged. He's inclined. He's intimate. He's personal. He's walking with us and he's interceding on our behalf. But how much more so than when we pray in our heavenly language? How much more so than we're... In we're tracking through difficult situations or circumstances and we don't know how we ought to pray. How much more so than we realize that we can actually call the Holy Spirit off the sidelines through intercession and through prayer and the hound dog of heaven can start moving on our behalf as we continue to pray in our heavenly language on a daily basis. Let me tell you, if you're an intercessor or a prayer warrior or, or a grandparent here in this place, let me tell you, your prayers are so unbelievable. They're so powerful. They are not falling to the ground. They are moving. We're living in the times of the prayers of the people who have gone before us who have been praying. I'm still praying right now and will pray to the day I die that we'll see a youth revival in our nation. I've been praying it for 25 years. The moment I got my heart and I came back to God, I would climb a mountain in Adelaide. It was called Ansi's Hill. So it wasn't a mountain, but it felt like a mountain because everything in Adelaide is small. So but we made it big. So anyway, I'm praying up that mountain every single afternoon after work. I would climb up that mountain and I'd look over the city of Adelaide and I'd be praying, Holy Spirit, we just pray right now that there'd be a youth revival in the young people in this city, God. We're known for all crazy other stuff, but we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move upon the hearts, raise up youth leaders, raise up counselors, raise up chaplains, raise up people who want to dedicate themselves to the young people of this city. I had no idea that when I'm praying that as an 18 or 19 year old, that 12, 15, years later that I'd be the Youth Alive director in South Australia. I'd be putting on events, going into hundreds of schools. I was getting um, packing arenas and thousands and thousands of young people were getting saved in from, at responding from prayers to what I prayed when I was younger as a teenager. Now, I say that from this point of view. I'm now praying bigger prayers and I haven't yet walked into the fruition of those prayers now. But it doesn't diminish my hope. It doesn't diminish my faith. It doesn't diminish my capacity to continue to believe for God just because I haven't seen it in the natural. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you intercede, He lifts up your face and gives you a supernatural vision to see the future. And 
and you come into alignment and you pray in accordance to what God's will is. I could almost argue a case, but I won't, that maybe at that time in Adelaide, I might have been one of the very few young men that might have been praying on a daily basis, God, give us the city of Adelaide. I wasn't the smartest guy in town. Many of you are saying amen to that. I can see that. I wasn't the funniest guy in town. I didn't have the right surname. I didn't have the amount of finances. I grew up in the suburbs in Adelaide that are the more undesirable suburbs of Adelaide. They weren't the affluent eastern suburbs. I technically had every reason not to be chosen by God other than the fact that I was saying, God, would you give me the keys to the city? Would you raise up a youth revival within this city? God, would you do something that hasn't been done before? God, would you do something? Maybe at that time, I may have been one of the very few young persons that were actually praying and asking God for that. So let me put that into context for where we're all at right now. What are the prayers that we're asking the Holy Spirit for us to intercede and rely on Him to unlock the future right now, the vision and the future that we actually can't see? You think about that. The future is not for Elon Musk just because he's got some great insights into science and mechanics and he's got enough money that he can buy Twitter so that he can cancel the cancelers. But anyway, we won't get into that. The, 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 this, is, this is the thing, is that, that he's a visionary, but we've got the creator of the universe, the person of the Holy Spirit, and he wants to guide us and he wants to lead us. And when we pray in our heavenly language and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us to pray, he intercedes on our behalf and we come into alignment with what he's wanting to do, what he's wanting to say, who he's wanting to help and who he's wanting to save and who he wants us to pray for and who he wants us to financially bless and who he wants us to resource and who he wants us to sow into. That is the person of the Holy Spirit. He is our intercessor. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is good preaching this morning. Okay. Number four, he's our helper counsellor. You realise I keep putting helper in front of every single one of these because he wants to help us in all of these areas. He wants to help you in your life, in your situation, in your marriage. He is a resource that is available. When we moved up from Queensland, from Adelaide, sorry, everyone was, the church that we were going to, they kept texting and emailing. We're like, oh, how do you get our number? Oh, the local church, they've, they've given it to us. We just thought we'd text you. We know it's big moving interstate. We want to help you. And so when the removal truck arrives, we're going to have a band of a, a team that are going to be there and, and we're going to help you. Now, Renee and I are quite private people. I know that might be hard to understand for some of you because we're quite public, but we're private. Our church is public but we're private. <laughs> That's the name of our church is public. How ironic. Anyway, we're private people in our, in, in, in our home time, home life. And so we were like, my, my wife has got um, some serious, um, I was going to make a joke about this. <laughs> She's got OCD, CCC, DOCC, ADD. No, I've got ADD. She's got OCD. There you go. So they're self-diagnosed, by the way, and we just use them on each other when we have an argument. So, um, so in love, of course, and with great humility. But she's got 
everything in order in our house. She's got the cups in the right space. She's got labels on things. If you put the milk back in the fridge, she literally turns into a banshee. And um, just joking. So she's not here. When she comes and preaches next time, she'll give you the other side of the story, okay? So I love my wife dearly, but she is very ordered and very detailed and very structured. And so she wanted to unpack the boxes and at her own leisure, in her own way, put things in the right place. So we just asked and said, look, thank you for offering the help, but um, we'll be okay, thanks. And we didn't accept the help. After about four hours, in the humidity of a Queensland summer, coming from Adelaide, I've got the aircon and the electricity wasn't switched on fully on the rental. I'm sweating profusely. I've changed my clothes about five times and had 15 showers. And I couldn't cool down the core on the inside of me. And I'm like, why did we not accept the help? And we made a vow that time. If we ever, ever move again, ever, 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 and anyone offers help, we will say, yes, please, and can you please bring an army with you? We will will accept the help. And anyone that has moved to Queensland that's associates or friends from here on in, we've always said, whatever you do now, if anyone offers you the help to move, say yes. It's the greatest mistake of our life. Now, that's in the context of of a removalist and moving home. That resource, the person of the Holy Spirit, He's a resource that is available to us when we're struggling with our, with our mental health, when we're struggling with anxiety, when we're struggling with fear. If you're a young person here and you might be struggling around the fear of what the future might hold, there's a resource in the person of the Holy Spirit and he wants to help. But some of us are like, no, no, I'll be fine. I'll move on my own. I'll just, I'll just struggle with this over here. And we don't fully lean in and invite the Holy Spirit to come in. Some of you who are seasoned in the faith, this might be a no-brainer for you, but maybe some are new in the faith or younger. I just want to say this. It's as simple as inviting the Holy Spirit in through a prayer. It's as simple as asking the Holy Spirit. You have not because you ask not. You have not seen a breakthrough because you haven't asked. So that's, that's the scripture. So it's like we've got to ask, we've got to invite, we've got to wait. We've got to invite the Holy Spirit into those areas and realms of our life. Okay, let's keep going here. If someone can come up and play the keys, that would be great because then the Holy Spirit can move. He moves a lot better with a keyboard. He's our counsellor. He will teach you all things and he will remember everything that I've told you. He wants to help you in your parenting. He wants to help you as a grandparent. He wants to counsel you. I was dealing with um, my youngest. He's 16. Well, he was 15 when this occasion happened. And he was, he, he was doing the whole thing where all the other kids are doing it. Why can't I? And so we've been through that with, with my eldest daughter and then my, my middle child, Liam. But Ashton's a, a unique one. He, he's like, I'm good at, I like a good robust discussion. Some people would call them arguments. I call them strong discussions. I, I like a good discussion where people have got alternative views and you clash of ideas and 
and you either agree to disagree or you meet somewhere in the middle or you concede a little bit or you go, no, I'm downright right and you're downright wrong with humility laced through it. So my youngest one, he has obviously gotten all the traits of all of us and he is the best arguer. He stumps Renee all the time and every now and then he'll have me on the back foot where I'm like, oh, that's a good point. I'm not sure where to go from here. So on this occasion, he was tripping Renee and I up. We're sitting there at a cafe and we're going back and forth and he's getting a little bit more elevated and a little bit more excited and he's, why not mum, why not dad, it's not fair, la, 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 la. What about this, you did this with Georgie, you did it with Liam, da, da, da. He's got a memory like an elephant. Like he's just like bringing up everything. I'm like, oh yeah, good call. And he's just prosecuting this really good argument. I'm like, and I'm about to give in and go, oh, okay, or, you know, You've worn me down. Well done, son. You know, you're going to be a lawyer one day, maybe. There you go. Then as I'm sitting there, I feel, under my breath, I'm going, Holy Spirit, you've got to help me here. You've got to help me. You've got to help me. You've got to help me. You've got to help me counsel Ashton. I feel like he's he's got all the right words, but it's not about the words. It's about the heart. How do I, I'm trying to disciple him in your ways, God, and, and how do I do this? Then all of a sudden, my memory is triggered to a movie that we just all recently watched called Dune. And there was a scene where the mother and the father were talking to the son and it was like, you know, sometimes things aren't fair, but God's preparing you for war. Well, not God. In the scene, it was like he was being prepared for the ensuing battles and the wars ahead. And I brought that up and I said, oh, it's like this. da 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 While we're sitting there, the whole atmosphere of the table changes. He, he softens his heart. It was like a light bulb moment went on. And he goes, oh. Tears welled up in his eyes. He's like, oh. Okay, I know what you're saying now. And it was one of the most beautiful parenting moments that, that I'd had. And so often in the hustle and the bustle and the, you know, things are going on. Holy Spirit, he wants to counsel, not just us to counsel our children. He wants to counsel us. He wants to be the great physician in our own hearts, in our own lives, in our own thinking. But sometimes we get so rigid, stuck in our ways, stuck in our opinions, stuck in our habits, stuck in our justifications. If we just took a step back and said, Holy Spirit, we, we want to live a free life where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom, there is liberty. That's just not liberty from, from, from sin as a new Christian. That's liberty from the pressures, liberty and freedom from the anxiety, liberty and freedom from, from all that the world wants to try and throw at us. Last but not least, the Holy Spirit, He's our strengthener. Isaiah 20 verse, sorry, 40 verse 29 and 31 says this, He gives power to the faint and weary, and to him who has no might, He increases strength causing it to multiply and making it abound. Wow. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, listen to this, who expect, they look for, and they hope in Him, shall renew and change their strength and their power. I love that. Change and renew. Change and renew. Change and renew. Those who wait, those who are on the lookout, those who are hanging around with an expectation for it, those of us 
that's a promise from God. The person of the Holy Spirit, He'll come and change and renew our strength. Who'd love another level of renewed strength in our lives? Another level of renewed change in our lives. Another level of renewed power in our life. Dynamite power, ability, efficiency and might. Let, 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 me just, let me just say this. Just draw everyone in. If, if I leave anything with this morning, I'd love, to, I'd love this one to be one of the ones that stands out. So often we can pr- be preconditioned by our previous behaviour or our previous ideas or our previous mistakes by our, our inadequacies and we can be preconditioned that that sort of the, the model is set now. We're in that channel and I guess we just have to hold on to the rails and just go through and just hope that not, not too much bad stuff happens and we're just not, that we, just, we can get through this. But I'm telling you this morning, the Holy Spirit, He wants to renew your mind. He wants to renew your strength. He wants to renew and bring change in your heart. If you only open up, if you only allow, if you only just say, Holy Spirit, come on in and do something fresh and do something new. You've got new hope. You've got a new disposition on life. You've got a new outlook and a new perspective. What has happened in the past and who you have been is not who you're becoming. We're being, we're being renewed by the renewing of our mind and we're being changed by that and we're also being led from one encounter to another encounter, from glory to glory. So this is the thing. The Holy Spirit, when the Apostle Paul said, be on being filled. Keep on being filled. Don't just have a once a year moment at a conference. Don't just have a once a year moment at a great sermon. Don't just have a once a good year moment on a, on a sabbatical where you go away for a weekend and it's just you and God. Be on being filled. Stay fresh. Stir it up. Stir up the Holy Spirit on the inside. You'll be a better parent. You'll be a better wife. You'll be a better husband. You'll be a better human if you open up and say, Holy Spirit, come on in and bring strength and bring change. If I could ever every head bowed and every eye closed. You say, Pastor Cameron, thank you for coming and sharing this morning. But I'm not in a relationship with Jesus right now or I once was and I've fallen away. I want to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer and invite Jesus into your life. So what does that look like? What does that mean? It's a simple prayer. It says, Jesus, I've tried to live my own life that's full of sin and my own selfish behavior. But I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would, that you would come into my life and you would change me from the inside out. I believe that you are the Son of God, that over 2,000 years ago you died on a cross, but you rose victorious, paying the ultimate price for my sin. The Bible says, those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So is there anyone here this morning say, Pastor Cameron, this morning I want to either get my life right with God for the very first time or I want to actually recommit my life because I've been doing my own thing, get myself into trouble. I'm going in the wrong direction and I know that that path is not a good one for me. I need to get back on the path of righteousness, God's right path for my life, His will, His calling for my life. If that's you, just lift up your hand quickly so I can see it from the front to the back, from the left to the right. Just quickly lift up your hand so I can see it. Is there anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you. Just everyone pop their hand on their heart. Lord, we just thank you so much right now for your, for you, Holy Spirit. You are the third person in this powerful trinity 
in full communion, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you said that you had to leave the earth to go and ascend at the right-hand side of the Father with all authority and all power, that we now are heirs in that, being led by the Holy Spirit. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that as we go forward this week, that we wouldn't live a life that's just got blinkers on, that's just been predetermined or preconditioned by our past our past behavior, our past ideas. We just ask, we've got an open heart, Holy Spirit. Would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you counsel us? Would you correct us? Would you strengthen us? Would you advocate on our behalf? This peace that the world doesn't understand, this peace that can be found in you this morning, we just pray, let it guard our heart. Your peace, the peace that the world doesn't know, the peace that the world cannot give, the peace that can only be found in you, we just thank you for that. We're so appreciative. We're so thankful. We don't take you for granted, Holy Spirit. We accept your help. We accept your leading. We need you. We ask that in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.